He's got dancing feet with that lower body. It's unbelievable. Look at the body. Look at that bubble butt. You just crushed my dreams. Boom. Sadness. That's the one. We got more Golden Knights news. Somehow what? August 29th was a massive day in Golden Knights. Jared sounds surprised because he does not read the rundown before doing the show in the morning. Um, what does it say at 9 o'clock on the rundown? More VGK. No. It says more Raiders. Oh, does it? Yes. All right. The Golden Knights traded for a goalie yesterday. I do yesterday. read the rundown. The Golden Knights traded for a goalie yesterday in Aiden Hill. They sent a fourth-round pick to the Sharks. Aiden Hill has a two-point, basically $2 million Adam cap Hill. hit. Why the hell did the Golden Knights trade for I know, Aiden because Hill? Because this Adam was going to be Logan Thompson, who was at the Aces game, by the way, and Laurent Bassois' team. This was what they were going into camp with. with this is what they were comfortable with, right? But Mark Stone was also going to be ready for camp, so I don't know what I'm talking about. Kelly McCrimmon, four days ago, said they were used. They were good with Laurent Brossois and yeah, Logan Thompson as their Thompson. two goalies. And then yesterday, Man, I love this team when they talk. Yesterday, McCrimmon <laughs> said, "I know we talked last week about our goaltending being Thompson and Brossois. <laughs> it's just an example of how quickly things can change. But so, what changed? Right? I have no idea. Logan Thompson's fine. Like I said, he was Is, at the Aces game on the on the uh, jumbotron. Wasn't Brossois hurt? Yes, maybe uh, he had the hip. Uh, I think he had the hip issue that uh, um, Robin Leonard has, but he only had one hip. Is that was that? Am I am I wrong? I have about no that? idea what he hurt. Um, but what changed in four days? Did he get on a motorcycle and crash? Prognosis negative. Like what? Like four days ago, Kelly McCrimmon was comfortable to say Brossois was going to yeah. be one of their two goalies, and then all of a sudden things changed. They watched tape of Brossois. <laughs> No, Bruce was fine. What? Right? Right? Oh, oh God. Uh, let's go get another goalie. Let's go get Adam Hill. So there's a lot of this that doesn't. I, I do want to make that a thing. There's a lot of this that doesn't make sense. Um, one is what we just talked about with McCrimmon saying they're fine with Thompson and Brossois, and now they're not. Two is that Aiden Hill's not very good. He's got a career save percentage of 908. Brossois' career is 9.05. Thompson, very limited numbers, is 9.14. So it's not like they went out and traded for a clear cut. He's the number one goalie. They traded for a guy that's going to be competing with these other two, right? right. Like that's right. basically no, what it he's is. Not number one, or not a clear cut number one. And the bigger problem is that he's got a cap hit of 2.175 yeah. million dollars. What on earth are they doing? They love to spend money on goalies. What they, the Golden Knights? just went out of their way to spend more money on a goalie that probably doesn't help them at all this year. Like it would be okay. It would be one thing if the golden Knights traded for a clear cut starter, a yeah, guy, one guy, yeah. right. That's right. a proven, right. Hey, he's got a nine, 12 career right. save percentage. He started 207 games in his career. That would be one thing. It would be another thing. If the golden Knights traded for a goalie like Aiden Hill, who doesn't have great numbers, but is making $850,000, then you'd say, all right, doesn't hurt to have another really cheap option at goalie. But they got a goalie, they got a goalie who doesn't have good numbers and is going to eat up over $2 million in cap space. Why? I, I cannot I comprehend why they Especially would Especially after last week when he said they right. were okay and this is what they were going to do going into training camp. Right, four days ago. Basically, he lied four days ago is what happened. What? There. And now he's being like, well, things changed, even though what changed in four days. So, Brassois' health? 
That's the only thing. That's I can the think only of. thing it could be. That, I mean, unless did he get like worse said, in four he was days? Dis- unless he was disingenuous, like you said, four days ago, and yeah. knew and knew he was going to do something. And here's the thing: if you knew four days ago you were going to do something, then why say you're okay? Nobody cares. Oh, yeah. You know what? I mean, in that sense, I mean, nobody's going to say, "Oh, wait a minute, you're really." Because I think the question to him was not not termed in this way, but are you okay? Like, what are you doing with the goalies? Had right. he said, hey, we've got these two, but we're looking to, to bring someone else in, then it'd be like, okay. Right. If, still might rip them on the cap, but it, it would be like, okay. We're, if he, Some quote along the lines of, you know, we're always looking at goalies, blah, 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 right. or something like Which that. We're always looking to improve the team right. as evidenced by us being over the salary. <laughs> he didn't say that. He said, we're going into next season with Logan Thompson and Laurent Brossois as our goalies, and four days later, they add Aiden Hill, who makes more money than Logan Thompson and uh, Laurent Brosso. I think Laurent Brosso actually makes a little bit more. But what it means now is the Golden Knights have $5.3 million in cap hit on three goalies, Logan Thompson, Laurent Brossois, and Aiden Hill. And I'm not sure if any of them are good. Brossois a, a no. career backup. Aiden Hill, I think, has like one decent half a season or something like and that. Logan Thompson has very little evidence. Right. And so... We talked about this as soon as Robin Leonard got hurt. It was like, oh, the one silver lining is there's $5 million to spend against the cap. One silver lining, $5 million extra to spend against the cap because he'll go on long-term IR. The Golden Knights have now spent about 75% of that on Phil Kessel and Aiden Hill. They, that, that's, that's not good. Like, that's not a good way to spend the $5 million. Well, because you got Nick Hague over there saying, what are you doing? <laughs> and Where's mine? That's the other funny part of this. Four days ago, Kelly McCrimmon said... He said the number one, number the one, number one priority. Uh, the priority going forward is Nick Hague. Was Nick Hague. And then in four days, he gives Aiden Hill, or trades for Aiden Hill. Who makes over $2 million. Who's making over $2 million. And I don't know this. If they offered Nick Hague a contract worth $2 million right now, he probably takes it. I would think he would. But instead, they're giving that money to Aiden Hill, who maybe he's better than Brossois. Maybe he's better than Thompson. But ultimately, you're paying a lot of money for a guy who, when you're as, here's the thing, 2.2 million is not that much money. But when you're up against the cap every single year. And you still have to sign a K. 2.2 million is a lot of money, right? When conceivably, you could have just found somebody. Like, just who's, Jared, who's the Silver Knights goalie now that it's not Logan Thompson? Is it like Yuri Patera? Or Dylan yeah. Ferguson, it, I can't remember. I who's believe still in the it's roster. Dylan Ferguson. Just but give I, that guy a shot. He, he's got just as good of right. a shot at being a good goalie as Aiden Hill, and he probably cost you seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. It just—I can't make sense of this this trade because the other part—they sent an asset away. Great. Fourth it's a, rounder, it's right? A fourth rounder. It's not still. like a good asset, but they gave up an asset to eat up cap space with a goalie that's not any good. It just—I can't figure out why they did this. To me, this this trade makes very little sense because now according to Puckpedia assuming the Golden Knights put Shea Weber and Robin Leonard on long-term IR they have 1.86 million dollars in cap space uh, which would I guess if he accepted it go to Nick Hague Nick Hague is a restricted free agent technically he's he, the Golden Knights only have to offer a qualifying offer to him which will pay him less than a million dollars but Hague and because he hasn't signed it yet presumably Nick Hague would sit out would basically hold out to an extent and try to get the Golden Knights to give him more money uh, because he's worth more than $800,000 or whatever the number is he'd get. But the problem for Nick Hague is, is there's a deadline sometime in December that if he is, does not sign by then he can't sign, he can't play this entire season. 
and his contract basically just stalls and he'd be in the same position next year. So conceivably, the Golden Knights could play hardball with Nick Hague, not hold him out to the deadline. Right. Just give him the qualifying offer, get him for $800,000. That seems like an easy way to piss off one of your players. Not that they're afraid of that, obviously, but <laughs> it does seem like an easy way to just make him angry for no real reason, except for that you signed or traded for Aiden Hill to be. We I don't mean, know. Is he? Is he? Like, I mean, is he even? Is he? Is he with the Silver Knights? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. So to go back to sort of what we started talking about at the top of the show, why is it so hard for the Golden Knights to just be honest? I don't know. It's it it's mind-boggling because here's the thing about this, Tyler. A lot of this stuff isn't big enough to care about. Like if you have major major news and you just don't want it out. Okay, you know, that happens all the time with uh, um, teams and organizations, different sports. But just take this Aiden Hill thing. Who can, Just say you're looking at other goalies. Right. I, I don't get this is the kind of stuff that they, you know, quote-unquote get caught on or people can go back and ask legitimate questions. Um, you know, the Mark Stone one. The Mark Stone one's more serious than Aiden Hill. Yes. But th- that, that's more serious than Aiden Hill. But when you do stuff like this, then nothing is trusted. You lose the benefit of the doubt. When you talk about four days ago, we're okay with our goalies, and four days later, you trade for this guy. Right. Anytime something questionable comes up with the team, you lose the benefit of the doubt. The Mark Stone stuff, they have lost the benefit of the doubt. And I don't think they care. Right. Well, they they certainly don't, because they keep doing it over and over and over. Like, they've had plenty of chances to sort of, like, learn. Like, oh, if we don't tell them anything, people are going to question us and question what's happening. And we're going to look bad. And then bad. they'll blame us. Right. And then, oh, yeah. Well, you made that up yourself, Ben Gutz. <laughs> <laughs> You're the one who stirred that pot. Right. So it's just, it's incredible that it's just like, even on minor things, they're like afraid to admit things. By the way, one other point on this. The Sharks have, or had, three goalies making between 2 and $3 million. Right? Presumably the Sharks were not going to carry three goalies into the season. So the Sharks had to trade one of the goalies, right? They still got a fourth-round pick for it. Yeah. How'd the Golden Knights get nothing from Matt Pacioretty? I, like, I, the Sharks should not have had any leverage. They had to get rid of a goalie, and they still got a fourth-round pick back. Meanwhile, the Golden Knights, who also had no leverage, didn't get anything in return for Max Pacioretty and had to send Dylan Coughlin. At, at what point do we start, like, saying management isn't very good at their job? Like, at what they point... They mishandled the roster for... Two seasons, basically. And they've made the team worse for two years. At what point did the fans start being like, okay, this, this, this of of all organizations, this should be the most turnkey, like it should be easy to manage this roster. And we, you're fumble, you're throwing the football out of bounds on fourth down at the, in the end zone. Like this is like the, Why why should the Golden Knights be the easiest? Because the fan base is already built in, you oh, basically you're talking about the fan base. Yes, but in terms of how they react, the Raiders have a bigger fan base than Golden Not, Knights. Okay, but I'm saying bigger. But the fan base also, if you've ever watched a press conference with Derek Carr, the entire fan base is fighting in the comment section. No, that's a good thing. I think that's a good thing. Okay, well, your fan base is arguing with each other. That's a great thing. That means they care and they're actually mad. Go find UNLV fans that fight about something. There's like two of them. And they're all mad at Mike Ramallah. Uh, <laughs> but no, I just, I don't understand how you can just fumble this much stuff. Well, and it's, it's, 
easy to make personnel decisions poorly. Look at Mike Mayock. Yeah. I mean, people do it all the time in professional sports. But there's like the fan base doesn't have anything to do with your person. Like the Golden Knights problems. No, but have been my made. question is, when does the fan base start criticizing? Man, I mean, if you go, oh, on I Twitter, think they have. They have. I think they have. Okay, They're, they got yeah. killed yesterday for yeah. all the Mark Stone stuff. Yeah, Gary okay. Lawless sends out a tweet, and people are like, "What does this mean, dude? You sound like a lawyer trying to not say anything." Like, uh, yeah, they're, okay. like, no, they're, they're. I must they're not be seeing it, it because all I ever see is. The they're Golden Knights sent it. out some dumb tweet yesterday, right after all this Mark Stone stuff. Being and their tweet said, "Is this a good time to say how good Mark Van Stappen is, who's some F one driver?" And some of the responses were people being like, "Oh, love the F one," but other responses were like, "No, now would be a good time to tell us what the hell's going on with Mark Stone." All right, because they're out here tweeting about F one while it's like, "Ah, your captain might be hurt." <laughs> Okay, maybe I, 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 all I see is the love fest. So I think it's died no, I think off a it's, lot. I think it's changed it's still a there, lot, but it's died off since a lot. this last year. I think it's changed. A and lot. if they win, it's right back. Yeah, right back to like love fest. This team starts five, eight, and four. Then it's not. Starts twelve and two. The real question, Jared, is not back. about the fan base. When does Bill Foley care? When does Bill Foley look at this and say, yeah. "Wow, this is bad"? At what? Bischoff's briefs. I wanted you to see these player evaluations that you asked me to do. Bischoff's briefs. I asked you to do three. Yeah. Bischoff's briefs. To evaluate three players. Yeah. How many did you do? Bischoff's briefs. 47. Okay. Actually, 51. I don't know why I lied just now. All right, we got a couple of things to get to in Bischoff's briefs today. First off, did you see the Phillies Diamondbacks game yesterday? I saw it was seven zero, and in a second later, it was twelve to seven. So here's a tweet from Stat Muse: First four innings, Phillies seven runs on eleven hits, Diamondbacks zero runs on zero hits. Rest of the game, Phillies zero runs on zero hits, Diamondbacks thirteen runs on ten hits. Phillies blew a seven nothing lead. And the Diamondbacks won 13 to 7. Against the Diamondbacks. And the Diamondbacks, or the Phillies didn't have a hit the rest of the game after going up 7 nothing with 11 hits. That's impressive. Yeah. Go ugly early. It's impossible. Um, also, Fernando tweeted at us if the Astros and Dodgers play in the World Series, I will jump off the strat. Don't they have a. They, they, you can just do that. Yeah. Right? Bungie, yeah. <laughs> exactly. It'd be perfectly fine. Uh, it's not so, that impressive. So they Fernando's keep you, going, they keep you up. Yeah, he's going bungee jumping of some sort if the Astros and Dodgers are in the World Series. Um, all right. <laughs> I'll miss Fernando's tweets. <laughs> um, actually, I want Jared, I'm going to change what Bischoff Freese is about today. Um, yeah. The NFL Top 100 ranks. Players vote on who the top players in the NFL are. They put out a big list of Top 100 players. The Top 10 finally came out. And Tom Brady came in at number one. Aaron Donald was two. Aaron Rodgers was three. Cooper Cup, four. Jonathan yeah. Taylor rounded out the top five. Does anybody in this room believe Tom Brady is the best player in the NFL? I do not. No. Does anybody in this room believe Tom Brady is the best quarterback in the NFL? I do not. I do not. Um, I'm a little surprised Aaron Donald was not number one overall. Like, Well, I mean, he recently got in trouble. They handled it internally. <laughs> that was that was what this it was. This is his punishment. You are not number yeah, one. In, exactly. He actually was voted number one. 
but the, but punishment the internal was, punishment was no, nope, you're number two. They're handling it. Two. Yeah, we got to drop you to two. Tom Brady's actually there. So, just on the quarterback side of this, because Aaron Donald should be number one. See, and my question is, do NFL players watch? Uh, apparently, well, they don't watch other teams' film. Right. I think that might be the fair point here. Is how many times do you hear things like, "Well, you didn't play the game," right? Oh, What's yeah. your opinion, Matt? They love that. Love telling the Would media you, that. Are players worse than media? Have you? Do they watch the game? I, I can't remember who said it as a response. Okay, would you rather have somebody who's watched brain surgery or somebody who's had brain surgery? <laughs> so just on the quarterbacks, Brady was one. Aaron Rodgers was three. As we talked to Charles McDonald about earlier, Pat Mahomes was eight. Josh Allen, 13. And then you get to Joe Burrow outside the top 20. I have a hard time saying Tom Brady's better than Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers. See, I think Aaron Rodgers is the first. I don't think Pat Mahomes is. Do you think Mahomes is better than Brady? Yes. I, okay. I still go back to that Super Bowl that the Chiefs lost where he was throwing it into Tyreek Hill's helmet and in the end zone, and that wound up being an incompletion. Right. Hit him in the hands, Jared. Well, well I'm hands. sorry. While simultaneously being vertical. <laughs> Hit him in the hands. Um, so what What do you think's happening here with players that they think Tom Brady's the best player in the league? That's what I asked Charles. Wins. I, that's the part. That's they the didn't part even I win didn't, last year. That's the part I don't understand. I didn't know he the goat. He was that popular with players. Like we're absolutely, if this was a best players of all time, Tom Brady's oh, yeah. number one. Yeah, that's not what this is. This is the best one hundred players going into the twenty twenty two season, and they have Tom Brady as the number one player. And I, I does Tom Brady, even think that. Yeah. I have to sure? assume so. Old Tom Brady does with a different face. <laughs> the new face Tom Brady thinks new is Tom Brady forward. has never heard of Aaron Donald <laughs> and doesn't know what's happening there. So the other part of this is if we look at the Raiders side, Derek Carr, 12th best quarterback in the NFL. Here's that number again, mm. man. There's that number again that we've kind of put him at top 10 to 12. Yeah, I'd say anywhere between 10 to 15. That, that works. So I'm going to read to you. There were 14 quarterbacks in the top 100. I'm going to read to you in order the top quarterbacks in the league, according to NFL players. You guys tell me if you think any of these players Carr should be ahead of Brady, Rogers, Mahomes, then Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Matt Stafford, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, Dak Prescott, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, Derek Carr's number 12. Maybe Russell, Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson. But what about Kyler Murray as well? So Kyler Murray, are we talking about first half, yeah. t- like first half of the season or call of duty <laughs> Kyler Murray? Cause first half of the season when he's locked in, he's like number four. Yeah. Like he's really, up. really good. Kyler Murray's ceiling is much, much higher than Derek Carr's. Kyler Murray's okay. floor is much, much lower than Derek Carr's. Cause he's sitting right. on the floor playing call of duty, <laughs> <laughs> eating Funyuns. So I, I would still probably keep Kyler Murray ahead of Derek Carr right. just because the ceiling Russell is Wilson, higher. I would not at this yeah, point. Yeah, no. At this point, I would not. It's one of the reasons I think you've got Denver finishing last. Yes. I believe at the end of the season, we are saying Carr is better than Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. I can understand why right now, player or anybody would say Russell Wilson's better than Carr. Russell Wilson has had a better career than Derek Carr. And Russell Wilson playing through an Which injury last year. This isn't was supposed still, to be about. Right. But yeah, yeah. But like he's been better throughout his career. Last year, I. I'm fine. You can probably write it off. Seattle wasn't any good. He, what did he break a thumb, a finger or something like Mm -hmm. that was playing through an injury for half the year. Like 
I think there's a, there's a lot of reasons why you can say, oh, yeah, Russell Wilson's going to be better than Carr this year. But I do think at the end of the year, we're saying Carr's better than oh, Russell Wilson. Oh, man. I just realized I should I, I might be able to get some really cheap Denver Broncos Drew Locke jerseys. I'm going to go get him. on that. The the biggest thing on quarterbacks that I think I, I don't know, had a problem with, Mac Jones is the 13th best quarterback in the NFL. Huh? Right after the quarterback after Carr. Right. He's right after Carr. Huh? Mac Jones is not the 13th best quarterback. The only other quarterback to make the top 100 was Kirk Cousins. So Kirk Cousins, according to players, is the 14th best quarterback behind Mac Jones. I would take Kirk Cousins over Mac Jones. I'd take him in a second. I'd take Matt Ryan over Mac Jones. Like this is like Mac Jones had a decent rookie season. To be completely honest with you, Mac Jones was better than Trevor Lawrence last year. I'm taking Trevor Lawrence over Mac Jones. I am too. Like that's that's happening. Like Trevor Lawrence is going to be. I'm taking him every single time over Mac Jones. So there's probably and not that Mac Jones is like should be 28th, but he should probably be a lot closer to 20th than he is right now. That I think I actually have a bigger problem with that than Tom Brady being number one because Mac Jones, he had a good what first six seven yeah. games and then fell off. And All right, I'll I'll see on that. I think I think you're right on that. I if you tell me which one's worse, it's Mac Jones, yeah. not Tom Brady. Yeah. Like as I, much as I don't know why, I'm just I am perplexed a little that his his peers voted Tom Brady one. Yeah, uh, the rest of the Raiders in the top 100: Devontae Adams, the highest ranked Raider at number seven, then Darren Waller at 58, Max Crosby at 59, Chandler Jones at 62, and then Carr was at 65 overall. Any of those stick out to you as wrong? Um. Max Crosby was in the high 50s? 59. Okay. I think he'll be better at the end of this year than 59. So I think by the end of the year, Crosby's going to be considered higher than 59th, and Chandler Jones is going to be worse than 62nd. I don't think we're talking about Chandler Jones as some great I think Devontae Adams is still top 10 at the end of the year. Yeah, I think so too. Darren Waller's an interesting one. I think there's a legitimate chance he is not in the NFL top 100 next season because I think there's a legitimate chance he's the third best pass catcher on this team and therefore has third best pass catcher type numbers. And even if he doesn't get any worse, if he doesn't put up the numbers, players will probably say, yeah, probably not. Um, Carr. That that, I think Carr that might might be the, what hinges the entire season. I think Carr at the end of the season is better than 65. That might be what determines the whole season. If we're talking about Carr being, Hey, he's the, 48th best player in the league and the the eighth best quarterback Raiders are in the postseason. If Carr is eh, he's probably not in the top 100. He's like the 14th best quarterback and they're not in the postseason. And if he's 65th and the 12th best quarterback, they're nine and eight and hoping that's good enough to go to the postseason because that's right. What is expected. All right. Coming up next, we got a special appearance from Justin Emerson. Certainly to thank you to so many people that we won't be able to call out. Uh, But I've got to tell you personally, just hearing the emotion and the passion in Morgan's voice tells me that this eight years has been worth the wait. Because we started this journey for Division One Hockey in the Desert in 2014. When Justin Emerson, the Cronkite student, came into my office uh, maybe two months into my tenure and said, Mr. Anderson, why don't we have varsity hockey? Because we just won the national club championship and we've been good for a long time. I said, what does it cost, Justin? And he told me the cost, and it wasn't a little number. 
It was $30 million to be able to sustain a hockey program projected back then for 10 years. And I told Justin, for us, that's just a matter of getting people who want to stand up and help us fund this thing, and then we'll go figure out the rest in terms of Title IX compliance and getting a facility and upgrading us to elite level hockey. And Justin ran the story. And two or three weeks later, I'm getting calls from a couple of very important and dedicated folks who essentially say, we hear what you said. We've got some funding. Don and Barbara were part of those original calls, part of those original folks that say, if you can deliver what you think university can deliver, then we can talk. You're listening to the Press Box Summer Edition. Wow, sorry. Um, I got you. Thank you. Sorry. Sorry. Joining us now, uh, here he is, is Justin Emerson. Uh, you see, Justin, as soon as you stop covering sports, we only have good sound bites to play for you instead of embarrassing ones. Yeah, you still managed to get in the one where I just <laughs> brain froze when I was asking Mark Stone a question. So thanks wow. for that. So we we always- use. That gets used like every day at some point on this show. <laughs> well, I know it can't be all nice. I do know it must be a slow time of year if you're having a former sports writer on. <laughs> you made, uh, you made huge oh, headlines. We got, hold on. We got two important things today. Obviously, we you are the sole reason that Arizona State has a hockey team, and it's also a very important day at Starbucks. We'll, we'll get to that in just a minute here. But, like... <laughs> That was Arizona State's athletic director. Arizona State opening a new 5,000-seat facility for their hockey team. Um, by the way, it's going to be named Mullet Arena. You couldn't get Emerson Arena as the, the name there? Um, Mullet Arena for a hockey arena? Can you think of a more perfect name? Emerson Arena would have been better, it, wouldn't it? I mean, it? it definitely sounds better. I like... Uh... Yeah, it turns out if you write a story that brings donors to an athletic department, they still care more about the person that <laughs> $3,000 than the person who said that they needed it. So uh, I don't really blame them for that one. I like your wife's suggestion, which I believe was the press box should be named after you. See, I like that idea. Justin Emerson Memorial Press Box. I want Memorial <laughs> so people like, is, like dead? Is, 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 is he dead? No, no, I just think he just thinks it makes him sound more heroic. <laughs> Are, are, is that going to happen? I feel like that could happen. That could right? happen, actually. Again, it, it might if I ponied up like whatever a couple million dollars to donate, but it turns out no. I don't have that. No, uh, you don't have to donate. Do. You got you got name dropped by the AD like, like ten times, right? Ah, he's a nice guy. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> it, was, it was when I was in college. I went in, I got an interview with him. I wrote a story saying, "Here's how much money ASU would need," and uh, then a donor called him and was like, "Okay, let's do it. Let's make it a club program to a Division One program." So. so there you go. How My do you, role has been vastly overstated. How do you feel about being part of the domino effect that leads to the Arizona Coyotes playing at a 5,000-seat <laughs> arena? <laughs> now, when you put it that way, that's, that's funny. So, uh, yes. yeah, no, uh, we'll, we'll see how that all goes. Huh? You, you're included. You are absolutely a part of that. So, okay, semi-serious question for you. Um Obviously, Arizona State got to Division One hockey. That's what that whole donation was about, was going from the club level to the D1 level with hockey. UNLV's got a hockey team. They're at the club level. I know that team itself, the people that are the coaches that run that, they would love to be at the Division One level. Like, you wrote a story saying, hey, they need so much money. <laughs> what, like, 
would it just simply take the donations at UNLV too? Would they just simply need the thirty million or whatever the number is now? And hey, UNLV's got Division One hockey. It really is disappointing how many problems or solutions you could find just with like here's an enormous check. <laughs> um, yeah, I think if there was somebody out there that wanted to fully fund UNLV hockey, and I don't know if it would be thirty million that Arizona State needed or. Penn State did it for $100 million. Uh, I don't know what the number would be, but I am almost certain that if a donor called UNLV and said, what's your number, let's make hockey happen, that it would, it would happen. But uh, that's, that's a large number, and um, I don't have that much money. So well, I'm, I'm kind of surprised and disappointed in Danny Webster that he hasn't walked into the uh, AD's <laughs> office and said uh, what we can do here. I mean, let's I'll go. Some, I'll, I'll let him know that he's catching strays on a radio, yeah, some, random race. <laughs> someone get on this. Someone get on this. All right, the real reason that you're on the show today. Um, can you tell everybody what you went and got this morning? Pumpkin Spice Latte, baby! Uh-oh. Yeah! It's uh, Pumpkin Spice Latte Day at Starbucks. Which I was trying to think about this, why we started, why you started talking to me about Pumpkin Spice Lattes. I think it was two years ago. We were all working at home, and I just it was the day, so I went and got coffee, and I was sitting on my patio, and you guys had me talking about hockey or something silly i don't know um and then we started i mentioned what i was drinking and you laughed at me drinking a pumpkin spice latte on my patio in 100 degree weather and then uh, i think i've been on the show for like the last three years doing this so i'm glad that the tradition has continued even though i'm not a sports reporter anymore it absolutely will continue uh because the reason that we keep bringing you back on is because it's going to be 109 degrees today and you're out here drinking a halloween themed drink yeah, it was it was good. It was really good. I just finished it. I'm sitting in my office, <laughs> and um, I might go get another one for lunch. It's it's really really good, and I won't apologize for it. My wife is the uh, the pumpkin queen around our house. She was actually I told her I was on the show today, and she's like, "Why do I keep putting you on?" I'm like, I, I really I really don't know. So if you guys want to give Elaine Emerson a call, I'm sure she'll talk to you about pumpkin spice lattes all day long. I would think maybe with the heat, it'd be a pumpkin frappuccino. You know, they have a cold brew one, and I think I'm going to get that one later, but for the first one of the season, you've got to get the traditional nothing added, nothing to it, just grande pumpkin spice latte. All right. I just, like, is it, really that, is it really that good? I have not had one. Um, I have had frappuccinos. So yeah. I have not had the latte. Yeah, it's, it's really good. It's, um, yeah, I don't know what to say. It's delicious. And uh, I, like, uh, I like that pumpkin has moved into other things, pumpkin beer. I think this is going to that- be... The year of pumpkin hard seltzers. Just keep an eye out for that. I okay. think that's going to be a spread in this fall. So, actually, that was my question. Are there any pumpkin spice beers that you would recommend? Oh, yeah. Um, how many times do we have? Um, uh, I first discovered pumpkin porter from Four Peaks when I was in college. That's an Arizona beer. Lagunitas does a really good pumpkin wheat beer. I think that one's a San Diego beer. I haven't seen any local ones, but I haven't looked that hard, so I'll keep an eye out this year. But those are those are two for you right there. Can I add? And I don't know. You don't work for Starbucks. You might not know the answer to this. Why don't they sell it year round? Uh, because if they sold it year round, you wouldn't be able to have me on the radio to talk about it. <laughs> well, on- it's <laughs> like the McRib. Yeah, and it's it's like the Red Cups. <laughs> They only do things seasonally. Right, but that, oh yeah, we also go in our house. We also go to make sure to get the red cup on the first day of the of the winter season. Jared, I'm pretty sure McDonald's sells the McRibs when the beef they buy for that comes to a gets a the price is low enough. When it hits a certain price, they buy it, make the McRib, and then the price goes up, and they say, "All right, we're done with the McRib." This is just Starbucks being like, "Oh, it's 
August, and of course that means <laughs> Halloween's here, so it's time to sell pumpkin drinks. The first day of fall is officially when Starbucks released pumpkin spice latte. So happy fall, Bebo. So I happy should, fall season. I gotta stop using the press box summer edition rejoins tomorrow. Yes, Probably you do. yes. Get yes. rid of it because apparently well, you're I supposed to stop today, Jared. Nine minutes of season. So. Oh, okay. All right. Um, well. He's Justin well, Emerson. How's, yeah, how's, how the new, how's the new gig? Yeah. How's the new job? Oh, it's good. Yeah, yeah. I'm working as the communications director for the state lieutenant governor now, so it's uh, it's a good gig. I like it a lot. I miss talking to you goobers every few weeks, but uh, yeah, it's it's a good job. I'm enjoying it very much, and I uh, it, it was fun covering hockey while it lasted. And uh, on to the next stage of life. If you have hot takes on like Phil Kessel or Mark Stone's yeah. Yeah. injury, you can give them Absolutely. right now. We're or not you could, stop yeah, you. just text us and we'll bring you on. <laughs> yeah, somebody mentioned that Phil Kessel's emoji when the Golden Knights tweet out the lineup needs to be a hot dog. Obviously. I thought that was really funny. It should be. Um, uh, I don't think I have too many hot takes. It sounds like they got a goalie yesterday after saying that they didn't need one. Adam so Hill. Was, <laughs> well, it sounds like Mark Stone's missing training Adam camp Hill. when they said he wasn't going to. So there's a lot of stuff that sounds like. Yeah, very, very strange. Uh, so, you know, some things you don't miss. So you went from being lied to by the Golden Knights to now lying to the public because you're in <laughs> politics. Oh, no. Oh, what a shot. All Come right. on, Jared. But, uh, Justin, before we let you go, um, is your child wearing a pumpkin-themed outfit today? He's wearing orange, yeah. Okay. Oh, my there. gosh. Oh. I love it. All right, he's uh, Justin Emerson here to uh, get credit for Arizona State hockey and drink <laughs> Starbucks for us. Thanks, Justin. Thanks, buddy. Thanks as always, See guys. Thank care. you. So, uh, Justin Emerson, formerly it's, covering yeah. the Golden Knights. It's good to have him back. Yeah, he's fun. Nice line by Jared. It was on the way out. It was a good that was line. Nice. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> that was really good. All right, we got tickets to give away. Uh, coming to Allegiant Stadium in September. You can win tickets to go see Joan Jett and the Blackhearts, Def Leppard, and Poison. 702-364-1100 is the phone number and Motley Crue. Uh, 702 wait, wait a second. Hold on. Before what? before we do that, let me... Who is this? Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. Not even close. Oh. So if you want to go see whoever that band was... Poison. Poison. Motley Crue, Def Leppard, Joan Jett, and the Blackhearts, September 9th at Allegiant Stadium. We've got tickets for you right now. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. That's 702-364-1100. We'll take caller number 10 at 702-364-1100. And the next pitch to Albert is hit high and deep to right field. Backing up to the track, looking up, and it's gone! Home run, Albert Pujols! Number 694. You're locked in the press box. Congratulations to Julio. He won tickets to go see Motley Crue, Def Leppard, Poison, and Joan Jett and the Blackhearts uh, coming to Allegiant Stadium next month. Um, Jared, you were uh, wondering when the Golden Knights fan base was going to be more angry, basically. So the Golden Knights' most recent tweet is from last night, and they tweeted out a story from Gary Lawless about trading for Aiden Hill. And the tweet just says VGK insider Gary Lawless foresees some healthy competition in the crease this season. Um, There are, looks like about 10 replies. I'm going to read a couple of them to you from TJ McPherson. Third string goalies don't grow on trees. Thank God VGK has two of them. (laughs) 
Hey, this is, hey, that's a shout out to Logan Thompson. This, to be fair, this next one is not doesn't look like it's from a Golden Knights fan, but um, looks like it's from a Montreal fan. An empty net is better than all of your goalies. Hey, Logan Thompson's good. This one is from Lorenzo, who I believe follows me. Don't even try to spin this into a positive. This move bleeping sucks. Uh, all right. And then this one from Jason. Once again, this is going to be some stupid puff piece with Gary Lawless saying what the team pays him to. The reality is we have a bunch of bleep goaltenders. So about half of the replies to that one tweet are one is not from a Golden Knights fan, to be fair. But about half of the replies are people not very happy with the Golden Knights. All right. Now, that's Twitter. I think one of the main things we need to know and realize is what people say on Twitter is not always representative of an entire fan base. No, but I do think there's a large part. I mean, hell last year, the fans were chanting fire Steve spot (laughs) in the middle of games because the power play couldn't score. So I do think there is a, they kind of did compared to the first couple of years, a significant portion of the fan base has uh, turned. Isn't the right word, but has turned not against the Golden Knights, but it's turned into a lot. Uh, there's a lot more bitterness from the fan base towards the organization than there was before. It's not Philadelphia. No, sports. but there's animosity. Yes, we have we have not come close to Philadelphia sports. No, but there is enough. Hey, I kind of hate what's happening with my right. team, and I'm going to tell them that it it exists now. Which to me, it's a real fan base. Yeah, you have to have <laughs> some of that. We we haven't hit the full. So one of my favorite things is my dad's a diehard Bears fan, and one of my favorite things when watching a Bears game is that anytime they show the owner, he flips the bird <laughs> to a ninety-something-year-old woman and screams, "Sell the team!" at the TV. So whenever we poor get Virginia. to the point, dude, she's <laughs> poor Virginia. Yeah, I wouldn't say poor. She's ninety, Jared. Come on, uh, but. Whenever we start getting fans who uh, they 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 go through management and they are now mad at Bill Foley, that's when we'll have hit full sports fandom. They need the team needs to exist for longer to have those sort of long-standing yes. grudges. Like that that's a key part there. It's like you're not I mean I guess you could. They could be a really bad owner, but you're generally not going to be that mad at your owner the first 5 or 6 years in. I'm trying to generally, think. especially I- when he like He's the reason the team exists. Yes, yes, yes. Like, he's, the, he's the one that brought them <laughs> right. here. Then you can still be mad at him, but you're not just going to flip him off every time you see him on TV. On television, which would be funny. But I'm trying to think worst owners in sports outside of Dan Schneider. Dan Schneider, who has anyone located him recently? He's still on the Is yacht. He still on the yacht. I think he's still on the yacht. Did he ever come and talk to whatever? Remember, court? he was going to do a zoom. I thought he was going to do a zoom with uh, the uh, with. Uh, but he's on a yacht, so you got to get got to get Wi Fi, yeah. and it's a whole. I thought he was going to do a zoom with the committee. <sighs> maybe he did, maybe he didn't. But he, I'm sure he's still on the yacht. Think about you own something, and everyone is so mad at you that Congress got involved. And you just get on a yacht and be like, can't touch me. I'm in the water. It's my wife's team. Yep, I'm in the water. My team? Nope, not my team. Um, you're a you're a Pacers fan. How's their ownership? Cheap. <laughs> but you're not actively angry at them. Like No. Okay. They should tank. So that makes sense. They don't do that. You're a Cowboys fan, so obviously you love Jerry. Thinking about it in the shower. <laughs> Had a cheerleader with me. In the shower. Okay, Jerry Jones, is he better or worse than the average NFL owner? 
It's oh, a great question. I think it's both. I think he's better in that he there's nothing he won't do. Right. And there's, there's nothing, nothing he, won't he won't spend. Say. Yeah, and there's nothing he won't say, nothing he won't spend. He, he I think he's worse than that he's the GM. Yeah. Right. Like he's, he's, that's the problem. He has one of the attributes you absolutely want the owner to have. He'll and spend that anything. Is, He'll get yeah. anybody. He doesn't we'll, care. We'll spend whatever money. Maybe we'll Greg do whatever. Hardy. Well, yeah. Maybe the, like, maybe the little tame it back with the Greg Hardy types. But yeah, he'll but basically no. do whatever. Yes, do whatever. But he also has one of the worst tendencies of any owner in that he's he has all, all encompassing power making decisions yeah. and he's just not he's not I was at Arkansas and we won a championship. I think I would prefer that over an average owner. I think. Yeah, because you have a chance at right. least. You have a, you at least have a chance if he if they make the right decisions as to who to come in and they spend the money, you know, and I mean they won three Super Bowls, although that was all Jimmy. Yeah. That was all Jimmy Johnson. So um yeah, I mean I heard a man, I heard a stat the other day since they last won a playoff game, the Jets had been to what, two or three AFC championship games? The Mark Sanchez years. Yes. He went to back since to back. I think Sanchez. I think since the Cowboys last won a playoff oh, game. That's tough. Now that's tough. That's really tough to swallow if you're a Cowboys fan. That is because um, the Jets aren't any good. I mean, he's a, he's a he's a funny owner. I mean, it's you know he's hilarious. I mean, if I I'll tell you one thing, I'd love the guy if I was a beat writer. Oh, uh, he's be tremendous. He talks every day. He says best anything. Best owner to cover. He says anything. He's the best yeah. story. I mean, you 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 want to talk to that coach? I mean, it's like Bill Foley says like anything, but Bill Foley doesn't make himself available to the media right exactly. every day. Right, like where Jerry holds jump. daily press conferences. It's beautiful. <laughs> The writers must love that. Yeah, it's great. Like that guy's gonna talk, and and all you got to do take video of it and put it on Twitter, and, and you, regardless of what he says, it's gonna be popular because he's gonna say something ridiculous every time he talks.